2: this thing on I could never get enough volume I left you hanging last time as we were discussing CHM spiritual warfare and things of the like so we're going to pick right back up where we left off with part two with Joel Stewart without any further ado and any fooling around
3: The Christian church in America is the biggest mission field out there. I, I mean, I, it went, the more and more that I talk to, to, to Christian people and I hear their stories and their struggles and people who stop going to church and then their reasons. I listen to their reasons for not going to church. Man, they're valid reasons.
2: They sure are.
3: They were abused. They were hurt. It's not just the CHM that's when when i realized it was not just the chm that's when i was like man that's why our country is in the state it's in that's why america is hurting that's why we need real revival in america and, and it 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 comes from a, a forced view uh, or, or i mean not a forced view but just a, a looking at truth truth the truth of what's happening in our lives the truth of the bible so that we can we can analyze our lives by looking at the bible you know but but you have to come to that stark reality that man we're there's abuse happening there is falsehood happening there's something wrong with our christian culture in america it's not actually christian on the most part you know like it it's it, there's there's something seriously wrong. We're not actually finding Christ. We're not seeing Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, mm-hmm. like we're we're not. And, and I'm like, A pastor can get away with molesting people in his congregation? And you know, the thing that shocked me, this Sunday school teacher that molested the individual in my my. Platoon, and the pastor that molested the individual in my platoon—they're still in the ministry.
2: Uh, that is so, uh, so enraging because, unfortunately, that's how most of these stories end.
3: Yeah, uh. Stay in the ministry,
2: outside of the Christian
3: church. Outside, you know, take them out of church, put them in a political spectrum. You know, say they're in a political position, or say they're the head of a company or something. They'd be cast out. Yes. They'd be on the sex offenders list. They would not have a job. They'd be the scum of society. Put them in a pulpit and people will, will still protect them and true. hold them high.
2: That, That's sick. It is. And, and I think Sickened. I still struggle sometimes trying to figure all this out because I, I was so I so bought into the CHM when I was in it and I thought, and I tried my best to be a sincere, serious CHM mm-hmm. Christian. And I mm-hmm. thought everybody else was too. It, it's almost like I still in the back of my mind that still astonishes me at times because it's quite yeah. obvious that not everybody was well, sincere yeah, and well. serious about it. And and not only that, they went to so many of these people and, and not like you said, not just the CHM, in a lot of of the of the Christian Church in America, not only were they just not sincere, they were doing flat out vile, evil things and covering it up. Mm-hmm. That's still at times I still just have to sit and scratch my head.
3: Yeah, a lot, you know. And you've uh, you know you've covered this before. A lot of it is its image. It, oh, it's yeah. trying to save face. You know, they've got you know. You've got to keep in mind it, and. Because I, I my idea when I went to Bible college after my dad passed away, my dad passed away in two thousand eleven with uh, pancreatic cancer, and uh, you know I, I thank God for the the life that He gave me and the education that He gave me as far as the Bible goes and how did how to look at the world of that we grew up in from the right lens uh, some people kind of criticized my my dad they didn't think they didn't really understand that he raised me as a christian some people said that oh at the end of his life you know when he was dying he finally came to the lord like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> like what like, no, he was, he raised me in the church. He raised me, with, so I, I kind of want to straighten that out. If anybody's listening, my dad raised me to be a solid Christian, you know. And and I tell you what, I I appreciate so much because the struggle that he grew up with, despite the fact that you know, he, I I went through it too, but he was guiding me the entire way. You know, he was like, "Listen, you know." Short sleeves are not a sin. That's a crazy idea. But for some people, you know what? They're just babies, and it and it's going to make them upset. In some circumstances, put on the long sleeves. Don't get them upset. You know. No. Try try your best not to offend people, but eventually things get too crazy and out of hand. You know, it's like you know what? I, I it's a hot day. You know, my, my, my wife. She grew up in Haiti, and uh, missionaries would come to Haiti, and and they'd be wearing long sleeves down there. And she worked for a mission down there, and a conservative holiness mission. And, uh, and missionaries would come down there, their long sleeves and their full conservative holiness regalia, and they're passing out from heat exhaustion Mm. and they're telling them you can't dress like that down here you know you gotta it's hot
2: right (laughs) so i think there's there's a fine line joe and i agree with with everything you're saying here uh but i also think that there is a fine line between that uh trying to follow to the best of our ability that verse you know where it talks about to, to as as it's possible to live at peace with all men and and, to, uh, you know, not to, uh, not to offend the, uh, you know, metaphorical younger ones in the faith and stuff like that, weaker ones in the mm-hmm. faith. I feel like that there's a, a line that at times with fundamentalism gets crossed to where I feel that I'm no longer just trying to keep peace. Now it's an issue of, I want to stand up for what's right.
3: No, I, I totally get that, you know, and, and, you know, I, I had some real real battles with that, especially while I was at God's Bible school, because I you know, shoot, I'm paying for tuition going there because I asked questions my entire life. My dad tried to help out with answers as much as he could, but he asked the questions and didn't get any. So these are these were answers that he tried to develop himself and try to understand to try to guide me, but I had more. You know, because I, you know, I was inquisitive. I, you know, like I, I told you before, uh, when we were talking off the air, I, I said, I didn't have many friends because I was the demon child. I was basically Harry Potter without the scar, you know,
1: <laughs> right.
3: I, <laughs> I was cursed. I was an outcast. And here I am trying to go to Hogwarts. You know, and, and the Conservative Holiness Hogwarts here. And, you know. And they, they don't even you know, my my reputation preceded me just like Harry Potter, you know. I sit there, I watch that movie, I'm like, man, that was me going to God's Bible school, man. Everybody's talking about, you know everybody's talking about me all this kind of stuff it it was kind of funny i'll tell you this story i go to I, i get ready my my dorm is getting assigned to me and my dorm mates and everything and uh i get thrown with uh a guy from from haiti you know which which i thought was cool because my family did some mission work in haiti and uh i studied french in high school i was so excited you know so i was like awesome you know but come to find out i wasn't actually supposed to be rooming with him i was actually supposed to be rooming with this other group of guys but they heard about who i was you know my reputation reputation preceded me and i was like what so somebody from my church who was going to school there already told them about me and i was the rebel you know i was like what how I'm like, why would I be a rebel and want to go to God's Bible school? You know, my idea of going to God's Bible school right after my dad passed away was I wanted to be the best conservative holiness preacher out there. You know, I wanted to learn the ways. That was my mindset because I did not want to be a rebel anymore. I was done with it. I was done. I wanted to, you know, if the conservative holiness way was the truth, I wanted to learn the truth through and through, and that was the best place on earth you could go. That's why I was there. But this, these roommates, these, these future roommates, they're like, we don't want anything to do with them. Please switch and put him in a different room.
2: <laughs> so you you're, know, we don't want the, the stories. Yeah, about you having the this um, uh, the spiritual. Uh, or whatever you want to call it, oppression. That was part, that,
1: yeah,
3: that had, yeah. That had
2: fought, that had went before you to GBS, is what you're saying.
3: From, from, yeah, yeah, from five years old all the way on. And of course, I was considered a rebel because my mom was a hairdresser, you know. It was like, I can't control what my mom does for a profession, you know, but right. I had no problem with it, you know. <laughs> so
2: was this know, she, looked at as it was somehow your fault that, that you were seeing oh, all this yeah, stuff? And have,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow my fault. Somehow associated with me. A lot of times they put it on my mother too, because she was the hairdresser. You know, obviously the sinner. You know, I. You know, and 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 that to this day really affects my mother. You know, spiritually. I pray for her all the time because that that breaks my heart. How much that really hurt her spiritually. Sure. Sure. You know, just to have that constant ridicule, just because she cut ladies' hair. I mean, most of the time it was old ladies, and she dyed it blue. You know, these people were looking. You know, these old ladies are walking around looking like poodles, these cute old poodles. You know,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like, come on, you know, there's nothing sinful about that. It's so, just these cute old ladies. So,
2: so she has has to watch her son going through this, and then yeah, the weight of that, the blame is then being put on her shoulders, is what you're saying.
3: Way too right after my dad passed away from pancreatic cancer too
2: oh
3: all of this gosh. was happening yeah so my dad passed away in may 6th of 2011 and i went to god's bible school in august mm. so i'm going through all of that and my dad knew before he passed away i was going to god's bible school and he you know he's proud of me you know he knew it was a good move i still to this day think it was a good move mm-hmm I do think it was a good. I learned so much valuable things at God's Bible School. So I, you know, I'm not. I'm more conservative Holiness movement than I ever thought that I was. You know, I, you know, I'm more CHM than I ever thought I really was. <laughs> uh, just because of what I learned at God's Bible School, and the scholarly outlook that a lot of the professors there hold. Now the culture there is very different. I think from what you learn what you learn is very biblical. The professors are so serious about teaching you how to follow a biblical lifestyle, and how to follow how. That's what I got out of it. I some pe- some other people might have a different experience. What I got out of it, I every single thing that I learned from those professors. I still use to this day. I go back to my notes. It helps me in my devotions. I mean, it really dug me out of a dark place. And I and I I I still have good connections and relationships with some of the professors there. Um and I love them to death because I see their desire for truth. You know, they they you know, they're not attached to what the movement is doing. They're attached to what God is doing. And, and, and what the Bible says, that's what they want. They want the absolute truth. And I really see that there. So I'm, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not somebody who's like anti, if Some a lot of people try to say I was anti-GBS or <laughs> anti-Conservative Floydness movement. It's like, no, I see the potential of a huge revival happening in the conservative religious movement. I see so many people coming to a new realization. I I really think that that's going to happen. And I think what you've done with this podcast is going to help because you need to have that that realization, that recognition of the truth that's happening before you can really have true revival. People need to know what's actually going on. And then you also need to see what God can do through his word in the scenario. So having that balance between what, what you're bringing to light and then the the knowledge that we have with scripture and putting those together can really bring a revival, I think.
2: Joel, I like I might hearing just what you be, saying because <laughs> I I have a tendency to be pessimistic about these kind of things. And so it's Yeah,
3: yeah. It's that's varied. why that's why I wanted to say that. That's what I've been thinking and I've been listening to your podcast and, and I've been thinking and before I even listen to your podcast, I'm thinking, man, I need to write a sermon. I uh, somehow I need to be able to get to this pulpit at my 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 old home church, you know, get to the pulpit. I they're never gonna let me on that pulpit. I, I preached on the pulpit once and the pastor at the time got in trouble for it from what I heard. That's what he told. Me. <laughs> Somebody got mad at him because they let me on the pulpit. I was the demon child, you know, Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Harry I had to, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of refresh. It's let- re-
2: refreshing to hear you say these things because God absolutely can. He could turn that thing around, Joe. I mean, and there are a lot of people in there that you'll hear about. You know, some of my friends might tell me, "Hey, I talked to this person. You'd be amazed mm-hmm. what they actually think, or or some of the questions they ask. You know, just hear stuff like this." You so, know
3: what I? believe in holiness i i still do and and it, and it and it's it's probably a simplified definition of what i grew up with because i didn't understand anything they
1: were saying yeah yeah what
3: was sanctified entire sanctification i didn't know until i went to god's bible school and then when i go to god's bible school and i learned you know i learned about you know i i kind of disagree with the idea of the second work of grace mm-hmm. concept but i do believe that, that God works with you after getting saved to completely grow and mold you into being like Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ likeness is the goal. Yes.
2: yes you, know, you
3: and, and you're striving towards that. But the goal that's not attainable in this life until you pass on and then Jesus, you know, you, you have that perfection in the end. But you're always striving towards the ideal so that that you are constantly growing and, and and you know it's it's never a goal that you reach but it's something you're reaching towards you know and, mm, and you're like growing that you that, in yes that, yes you know and, and and to me that's that's beautiful because you're on a journey you're already walking the stairway to heaven And you don't even realize it. I think a lot of people don't think of it that way, you know, and and it's a glorious and it's a beautiful thing, you know, sometimes, you know, you might, oh, I stumbled on that stair, you know, Jesus like, hey, hey, grab my hand, man, come on, you know, (laughs) like, hey, you're right here with me. And it's just, it's just, it's it's a beautiful concept uh, of this, this, this path towards holiness and just growing in it. And you know what? We we're all struggling on that path, but the more and more we stop cutting down each other and stop this bickering and fighting over sleeves and jewelry and and all of this, the more and more we can help each other get to heaven. That's what I want. That's that's what I want. You know, it. You know, the the older I get, and I'm only thirty five, but the older I get, and the more I See the direction of the world right now. The more I just want to see so many people make it to the to the Lord, and especially people that I grew up with. I, I know I saw so many. I saw so many people that I grew up with in the conservative holiness movement. They've completely walked
2: away. Yeah, and that's that's the sad thing. That's what breaks my heart. Yeah, that breaks my heart.
3: I remember. I remember sitting down, uh, a buddy of mine that I grew up with. We were we were best friends, and uh, it was at God's Bible School. I just i I was just thinking of him. It was like, "Man, I I heard he was an atheist, you know, completely walked away from God." I called him up on the phone, you know, and I'm pleading with him, "What's going on?" You know, and he's like, "Man, the things that I went through, you just don't get it." It's like, yeah, I get it, man. I, I grew up in this too. Yeah, but you bought into it, and I'm sitting because I'm right there at GBS. You know, he thinks I bought into it, and, and it's like I, I'm buying into Christ, man. I'm not. I'm not buying into a a movement or some man made rule. Jesus, but he couldn't. That you got to realize. A lot of people don't realize how much actions that you portray when you are saying you're a christian you are saying you are a representative of christ you know you're saying just like when a politician stands up calls themselves a democrat or a republican whoever whatever they're saying they're representing their party you know they do something crazy all oh, the republicans are nuts you know they do something crazy all oh, the democrats are nuts yep yep you know it it's the same concept. When somebody says, "Oh, I'm a Christian," you, they do something stupid. Oh, Christians are nuts, you know. And, and there's 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 scripture to back this up. I actually I read this the other day, and I had to I had to save it, and I don't even know where I saved it. <laughs> anyway,
2: now you sound like me. <laughs> about,
3: yeah, man, I'm I'm saving scripture all over the place, and I don't even know where I keep it. It, right here. It's in Romans 2.24. And uh, uh, Apostle Paul is talking uh, obviously to the Roman church and he says, for, for as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because
1: of you. Mm. Oh, wow.
3: So it, it's literally, it's talking about the actions that you do are making the Gentiles, you know, the world, in your name, destroy your reputation because of your actions. But that's what we see with the Christian church in America right now. We see, because of our actions and the way we behave amongst each other, you know, we're, we're always, just think about it. We're always gossiping about each other, cutting each other down. The Bible says we're supposed to know the world is gonna know us for our love for each other. But man, do we really love each other? Whew,
2: man. Do we? It don't appear like it <laughs> I sometimes, mean, does it?
3: It doesn't. No, you know, and 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 this is where I started to thinking about, you know, and i I really started thinking about this and really analyzing how that there is this strange Strange culture of and and concept, and this is not just CHM. I'm I'm talking about the entire church in the United States of America. They have this culture that is permeated of hating the center or the ones who leave their particular movement or group.
1: Yeah,
3: you know, I've seen this happen in Pentecostal groups. Somebody leaves their church. In a in a pen because I've got some families that are Pentecostals and you know I you know I've been around all the different groups I've seen it all and, and and you'll hear them talk you know somebody left the church you know they hate the people who left and think that you know it's it's to the point to where I tell you what if they saw that person in heaven they wouldn't talk to them.
2: <laughs> I think you're onto something there. <laughs> Yeah.
3: I've literally heard people talk, you know, there was there was uh, a split that happened in my church. The the Bible Methodist came in and actually I believe it was an asserted effort to split the church because my church would never submit to having another denomination coming in. They wanted to stay independent. I don't blame them for wanting to stay independent. Um, I'm kind of rebellious in that way myself, (laughs) you know? Yeah.
2: I'm not a big denomination man. Yeah.
3: I'm not, you know, but they wanted to stay independent. So a split ended up happening. And I I think it was, I think it was a targeted effort to be honest. I think it was, I've heard some things saying it was whatever, if it is, that's, you know, that's just my opinion on that. But anyway, uh, one of the individuals who was on the other side of it, they said, well, if I, uh, if I just hope that they have their own part of heaven. Oh boy. As, after that split happened, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That ain't how it works. That is not, how, not it works. how it works. Oh, <laughs> We're, we got to learn how to love each other now. Cause man, eternity's a long time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
3: It's a long time. Th- there ain't no separate parts of heaven. That doesn't work there you know
1: hmm.
3: so that's the kind of thinking that there's you know i i've seen i've seen this happen somebody leaves the the chm and and for some of them it's almost like they they died and went to hell you know like, it's like poof, yeah. You know, that person's just that's a demon now you know they're
2: not only that joe i just heard and i don't have a clip pulled up or i'd play it uh Bree and holiness you know they catch a lot of flack these days uh, there mm-hmm. was a preacher that was uh, teaching Sunday school or something, and was talking about them. And he 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 was talking about people that uh, like uh, have left, and he was directly referencing like the Pentecostal Holiness movement. He said something to the lines along the lines of, "I would respect them more if they just admitted that I'm going to hell." It, it's like they don't want unity. They can't somehow they can't comprehend that we could change our mind on something feel that, you know, read the scripture and come to a different conclusion. It's like, he doesn't believe that's possible. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen the attitude show bad. And at the point to where, it, you know, how Jesus gives the, the parable of uh, Lazarus going to heaven and being able to peer down into hell. I, I, I've i seen the attitude so bad that if these people were able to go and peer down into hell and they see these people that left the movement, that they would be cheering to see them burn. Mm. That's how evil, I, I'm talking, I, you know, that's how evil their attitudes are towards these people. They just, they're, they're just, when these people leave their church, they say good riddance, you know. Yeah. It, it's, they don't care, and 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 I tell you, if you're listening to the, the podcast and you have that attitude towards somebody, pray that's a demon, man. That ain't Jesus at all. Yeah, the devil himself trying to put that idea and thoughts in your mind. If you that got that kind of bitterness towards somebody, that's evil. That's that's pure evil.
1: It sure so is. like
3: I you know it, and like. I grew up seeing that kind of stuff and it's like, man, oh man, you know, you've probably seen it too. You know, I'm not telling you, you know, but we got to break away from that. We got to really love people, you know? And that, that's, that's been my, that's been my struggle because I, you know, Like I like I said before and talked about, like I'm five years old and I start seeing the the spiritual aspect of things. As I grow older, I start realizing this spiritual realm and these demonic entities. You know, essentially working for you know they're working for the devil himself. They are influencing people all the time and they're behind these attitudes they're behind these actions and there's there's you're seeing you're seeing a a a psychological world and and uh a spiritual world both in the same time you know i i think a lot of psychologists don't realize that they're dealing with the demonic and i think a lot of uh people who cast out demons or preachers or anything don't realize when they're looking at the demonic, they're dealing with something psychological.
1: Right. Right.
3: You know, I, I I think that there's really, there's, there's a connection between the two that we can't quite comprehend. You know, that, that, that I may have, I obviously have some people have psychological problems or attitudes or something, but, because of a choice they made, it always has to come from a choice that there might be a demonic aspect attached to that. You know we just don't know it, you know we don't know, and it's all obviously on an individual individual basis, but i've I've talked to some people that that are just pure evil, you know and, yes. and <laughs> You know, I I did street ministry when I was in Cincinnati. It was the prayer station ministry when I was uh, at God's Bible school. I tell you what, man, you run into some people that are just absolute pure evil.
1: Oh,
3: yeah. If they had a a weapon in their hand at the time, they'd kill you right on the spot. To be able to look at somebody in the eyes that does not care about your life one bit, you know, like, that's scary. And I think that the biggest issue that we tend to have growing up conservative holiness is we are so sheltered of the reality of the evil that we are living in in this world that we, when we come face to face with it, we just want to go back and hide within the walls of our churches. Well, you know, if we actually venture out and we, we get a little hint of that, man, it's so easy to hide. It's so easy to hide because there's some evil out it.
2: there. There's yeah. some evil out there. There sure is. You know, I, I want you to give me your thoughts on this. We we were talking about a, a lot of the things that um, that we've we've seen or heard about within the CHM, and as we're talking here tonight about just the church in America in general, mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of people. Their default reaction when they hear somebody like me or you calling out some of these things, they automatically jump to the, where the, they're bitter or they're rebellious or they're just trying to tear down. But Joe, I, there's a, a verse, I, I don't remember the reference exactly where it's at right now, but it almost haunts me at times because it, it's, and, and I, hope I'm ta- <laughs> In a way, I hope I'm taking it out of context. But it says to have nothing to do with the evil works of darkness, but instead expose them. And yeah. it, I think about that different times. It's like, guys, I feel that just sitting quiet on the sidelines when you know, or, or, or at least when, when all of these things are being reported to you, just sitting quiet on the sidelines, that does not seem like the right thing to do to me.
3: Let me give you two examples of that verse in, in action. And there are, there are two stark contrasts. So there was, uh, there was a conservative holiness church that I know about where the pastor was, uh, apparently had an affair. Everything was hushed up. He left, he was kicked out and the church numbers dwindled like crazy. Um, there was no revival, nothing afterwards. You know, it was it was devastating. Then when I was at God's Bible school, there was uh, somebody associated with the college who sinned, but then followed the biblical example of confessing to those that it, it affected, which when you work at the college, That means everybody. He confessed to the entire college that he had sinned. This was a special service that we had. It's the first time I ever seen anything handled biblically in my life when it came to sin from somebody in leadership. He confessed to the entire college. We had a little revival because of it. Because it was handled biblically. And it was his choice. He said, no, I sin. I need to handle this biblically. And people, have I, I'm still affected by that to this day. I think about that to this day all the time. I remember that. It was a stark moment in my life because something was handled biblically. And I see these two scenarios. You do it unbiblically. It was a sin. You cover it up, hide it. Nothing happens. Jesus is not glorified. Nothing is, is. there's no uh, recovery from it. You know, Jesus is not able to do his work in people. Not able to do his work in that person because you're not allowing it to happen. Or let Jesus do what he's done. And that's salvation. And and this resurrection from the death of sin and let him work in you and let him work in others. And then look at the beautiful, you you can, to, to flip a sin around to something glorious is something only God can do.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: Something that could absolutely devastate and take down so many people along with him. Covered it up he didn't cover it up biblically so many people were uplifted by the work of Christ in his life and the work of Christ in our lives anybody who is a witness to that they they can tell you exactly what happened that day
0: say goodbye
2: They'll never
3: forget that for the rest of their lives, because God came that day.
2: It's so much easier for me to respect someone when they handle it that way. In Absolutely. fact, in fact, I, I I can't help but have respect for them, and, and I think that that's the way that the general public, ninety percent of them, would also handle it. It, it looks well. well
3: that, that's well. They might not handle it that way. Just I mean, look at the world we're living in. If leaders in America right now, if they said, hey, I did wrong, I am sorry to the American people. If they said, listen, this is what I did wrong. This, and I apologize and I will do what's right. If you had the president of the United States say that right now, not going to happen. But, yeah, yeah. you know. Joe Biden came out and explained all of the adventures he had on Epstein Island or whatever, you know, and and he, you know, would be a healing aspect in America because so many people would be pulled out, you know, and thrown into prison like they need to be. It's, You know, the righteous thing would be done.
2: I think I I didn't say that uh, correctly. What I, I guess what I'm getting at is if you look at that, if you look at at these situations from a PR perspective, which I think is what
3: oh, yeah. many of these yeah.
2: churches do to me, yep. it just looks so much better to say, Hey, yeah. here's the issue we're handling. And I feel like that even the neighborhood around that church. Yeah. It might get a little weird for a while, but I feel like in the long run, they're going to respect that, that organization more. They're going to respect that church mm-hmm. more than it being covered up. In some instances, for years, and uh, yeah. then I mean, look at the the Catholic Church has become the butt of so many jokes because of you know that very reason uh, of yeah. of what happened there, and they are <laughs> they are not they, alone. The,
3: the, the issue the issue there though is they for years tried to cover it up instead of just being transparent from the beginning. It's like, hey, listen, we found these guys. You know, they're they're child molesters. We got we are making sure they're getting out. Mm -hmm. We're we're taking care of this problem ourselves. This is wrong. You know, this needs to stop. I'm PR chairman of my local Republican Party here in Michigan. And and so that's one of my biggest things that I try to promote is like Transparency. The people respect that. Yes, they do. They respect that transparency. You may do wrong; wrong may happen, but as long as they know exactly what's going on, and and, and the truth isn't being hidden from the people, they're going to respect that and, and 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 understand. Well, okay, all right. Thank you for letting us know. We'll get this taken care of. You know. Yes we're right there with you as, as things getting taken care of when a mistake happens, you know, it accountability, it, you know, that was one of the biggest things that was kind of hard for me to adjust to when joining the army it, accountability of every single action you take. Uh, it, it, it's a big deal. It's like, yes, I did this. Well, did you do it? Did you do it to the fullest? You know, is it, Is it to the T? Did you use procedure use and adherence? And I have to do the same thing when I'm working on a nuclear power reactor in the nuclear industry, you know. I I have procedure use and adherence. I have accountability at every single step of the way. And, And these are things that we, you know, human society brought this into industries and military from learning it from the Bible. You know, a lot of people don't realize the scientific method, all of this stuff came from Christian men studying the Bible, recognizing the truth, absolute truth exists, bringing it into the real world. And then they start discovering all of these new amazing things. You know, you need to go back to it. It's like, why don't we have these same kind of concepts in the church? Transparency accountability right you know the, this this aspect of hey i did wrong let's fix it come on you know i made a mistake let's fix it let's get this taken absolutely. care of absolutely
2: and what i don't yeah. understand too joe is why why because like i said the catholic church is far from alone in this being a, an issue that they had why do these others because we recently heard uh, i think
3: oh i i know i know conservative holiness pedophiles i i, I know oh, yeah pentecostal Pentecostal pedophiles, uh, you know
2: the Southern Baptist Church uh, I, I, was recently I, the in the Southern news. Southern Baptist, for,
3: yep. uh, Jehovah's Witness, it, it's it's it, it's it, it's an American church problem. Yes, you know? it, Amish, you know, Middle I, 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 I Amish, yeah, yeah. You know, I I realize that you know it's like I I, I seem you know because I grew up in the conservative holiness movement. I wanted to kind of just look at things in a little bubble, but then I started realizing. The more I got into politics, the more I got in military and, and you know nuclear power. I'm traveling all over the United States and that. The more I talk to people, I realize it's like this is just a it's a issue in the American church. And and I my wife is from Haiti. And I realized, well man, all of the issues that we had here in the United States, we transported there. Uh huh. You know. Oh yeah. It's like oh, wonderful. Yeah.
2: Yes, indeed. Yeah. You
3: know, what? 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 A great mission work we did there. You know.
2: I. <laughs> I guess one of the things that that uh, makes me scratch my head is is seeing all these other church denominations that have hit the news since the uh, the, the the Catholic uh, problem. It's like didn't you guys mm-hmm. didn't you guys take notes? <laughs> uh, you well, couldn't have
1: and, adjusted
2: course. To, yeah. I mean, if we're in, if you're doing this, if you're trying to win a PR battle, which I don't think that should be the focus, but let's be honest, for a lot of these outfits, it is, uh, maybe handled a different way. <laughs> you learn from yeah, the mistakes in the here's,
3: past. Here's where I think, here's where I think, uh, uh, a concept that I've, I've really been about a lot lately is that in the, the, the American church, Behaves a lot like American left, and and you might sit there and go, what? You know, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, and, and, and the fact is, is like you, you go. Here's here's a great uh, analogy to, the, or just a great thought experiment. Here, go to IHC, set up a booth. That says, uh, Jesus turned water into alcoholic wine. Please change my mind,
2: <laughs>
3: and then see what kind of reactions you're going to get.
2: You are correct.
3: It's going to be it's going to be just like you go on to uh, University of California Berkeley campus and tell them, uh, you know, men can't have periods. Please change my mind. Right. You know, you, you, it's going to be the same kind of visceral reactions. Yes. Kind of attitudes. Back to what I mentioned before, the same spirit, the same spirit.
2: Oh, wow. Wow. That's very good. You're on to something, Joe. I, I've thought that before myself. There is there's a cancel culture within fundamentalism, uh, even though these same people will tell you in, during election season how much they can't stand the American left. They're so alike,
3: yeah, so alike. And, and, and i and I caught this in myself, okay? So I, while I was going to God's Bible school i I realized I was buying into this type of semi leftist, like like a a mix of of woke, holiness. I, I don't even know how it mixes, but it's like this weird culture that's kind of building up that I've seen in. Conservative Christian cultures to where you're dancing this fine line between leftism and woke, wokeist ideologies, and then also being a Christian, cool, you know, and a conservative Christian, but you can somehow figure out how to dance this line. And I was doing it, you know, but I was violating every single one of my principles, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: (laughs) I'm like, but I'm just doing it to build this image so that I can be successful. You know, in, in this movement, because this seems to be the cool thing to be the almost woke conservative holiness. You know, it, it's it's the thing that's growing in the young culture within the conservative holiness movement. I'm like, so I, I was dancing that fine line, and a, and a good buddy of mine, uh, uh, he was there at the same time. He he did not grow up in the conservative holiness. I have no clue how on earth he found out about God's Bible school. They ended up going there and learned about the conservative holiness movement while he was there. And uh, then he he, he took off back to Idaho. You know, (laughs) he's like, I ain't sticking around. (laughs) But but, but, uh, I were kind of like in this, you know. We were grasping onto this. This was during like 2016, you know. Trump, you know, I ain't voting for Trump, you know. Like, is he's got unbiblical attitudes, you know? This this idea is like, <laughs> yeah. it, I'm not, I'm either not gonna vote or I'll vote third party, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know that's cool, you know? <laughs> Cause yeah. Because I'm not gonna qu- I'm not gonna go all the way and vote Democrat, right? I'll vote third party, you know, because. Trump's the bad guy and then you know I grew up in a very politically conservative town I grew up in Hillsdale Michigan where the home of Hillsdale College the the leading conservative oh yeah uh, college in the nation yeah I mean you you automatically recognize what I'm talking about because of their leadership in the movement and 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 so I grew up with that just by osmosis. I didn't go to the college, but like I grew up with that in the community and in that conservative environment. And then, but then I go to God's Bible School and the culture that was there at the time, and it wasn't the professors; it was just something like a culture in the students. Uh, it was the young people thing, you know, like it was in that generation to just be like this semi woke. Conservative holiness, like being able to figure out how you can mix the two concept, and and it's growing actually that that ability to continue to mix this this I'm offended by everything you say, you know. There's certain political correctness words.
2: Yeah, well, you mentioned this 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 woke thing, and one of the things I noticed too, and this ties right in with what you're saying. Uh, some even openly brag about how intolerant they are of the opposing opinion. Yeah, and the way that yeah, they'll say yeah. it is you'll hear a preacher say, you know, I just don't have time for nitpicking or people that just, or they'll phrase it like mm-hmm. people that just constantly yeah. want to fuss and fight. And that's their way of saying there's no, I, there's no place with me for an opposing viewpoint. And it, it it's the American left straight up and down. My
3: my dad taught me, try your best to not get offended by anything people say. Words are words, you know. And he always he always used the analogy: the sticks and stones don't break your bones, or sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. My dad taught me that it's a choice that you make on on whether or not you allow the words to hurt you or not, you know. And it takes time to develop, but this this oh culture, this over easily offended culture is not just the left, but it's in the church. And I almost think that it probably like I've had this theory that it originated in the church. Okay, so so you know, think think about this with me. You go back in the the 60s, you know, and I blame the boomers for a lot because I'm a millennial. So (laughs) this is what we do.
1: Yep, that's what we do. Um,
3: But but you go back in the the 60s and you've got the super conservative uh, parents and you've got the rebellious hippies. And what are these parents doing? They're getting offended at everything the hippies are saying. So what are the parents doing? Well, every, I've learned with a six-year-old and a two-year-old that every single action I do is being picked up by my children. Whether I think I'm teaching them or not, I, I don't actually put up a little sign and say, hey, this is a lesson, pay attention. I don't have to put up a sign like that for them to pay attention. They just do. Every single thing I do, every single thing I do, they're watching. And they're mimicking and they're following. Yes, indeed. When I'm when I'm a parent back in the nineteen sixties and my teenagers and twenty year olds are going around being, you know, hippies and all, all their crazy stuff, and I'm getting offended at the words they're using and every single action they're doing, I'm teaching them and I and, and I don't even realize it. And what I've taught them is how to be overly sensitive, overly active, and offended at every single thing. Man, and you know great. what they go on to teach you know what they go on to teach their children the very same thing. The same and then thing. it just perpetuates for generations until we deal with what we're dealing with now. Generation a generation of people that are overly sensitive, completely offended over every single thing, because they were taught that. And it doesn't matter whether you're a leftist, whether you're a conservative holiness, it's perpetuated throughout all the cultures. So throughout throughout all the culture right now, in, in society as it exists right now, that's what we're dealing with. We're just dealing with a bunch of people offended over every little thing. And this is where I, I kind of, I really started diving into the idea of the, the masculinity of Christ, you know, like I, I grew up in because I, I got to the point when I was at God's Bible school, I was getting so beat down because it was such a spiritual battle, man. I had I had people trying to take me down left and right just because I'm I'm asking questions. I and I figured I'm paying for this. I'm literally at a theological seminary be able to ask the deep questions and get some answers, man. I, I'm paying for this.
2: If, if there's going to be a place you to know? get the answers, it's, it, it has to it be was, there.
3: If it was, exactly. If it was free, then I'd, I'd be like, okay, you can give me some <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: even for. I literally went into debt for that stuff, so come on. Yeah. Give me some answers.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Why, you, why are you giving me crap about asking questions? Like <laughs> So anyway... I'm there, and I'm getting, oh, my word. And it wasn't from professors. I want to clarify that. Uh, It was not from professors. But it's from the greater conservative holiness movement, you know? Oh, yeah. Because they're all attached to, you know, it's like a large organism. You know, they're attached to it. And it's like, I remember the, the, the time Pokemon Go came out and people were showing because churches were registered as a pokemon go spot or whatever where people could go and you know find pokemon or whatever it was just because it was this it was tied to google maps or whatever and so they were considered waypoints and god's bible school was one of them too so there were people cl- crawling all over God's Bible School campus, looking at these historical markers on campus. They're not conservative holiness people, and they're going to conservative holiness churches because they're considered you know, uh, historical markers because they're registered as that. Sure. And these pastors are freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and i am seen this on on Facebook. They're freaking out. We got all kinds of people showing up to our churches. And we, they're coming from all walks of life and we don't know what to do. And I said, this is beautiful. Yeah. This is wonderful. You guys should be sitting out there, start ministering to them. And we're talking, I'm, you know, you've mentioned some of their names. I'm not going to, but you mentioned them on your podcast <laughs> and they're telling me, you just don't understand. What don't I understand? We don't know. What kind of people they are? Like brilliant, Jesus, oh Jesus! You've literally, you've never had any strangers and people from all walks of life showing up at a conservative holiness church just randomly at all the day. Get out there with some lemonade and a Bible start giving people jesus that's what you exist for as an entity you know the church is there for that reason use it
2: you literally have potential converts falling into your lap
3: it's a dream i was ostracized for saying that for for telling them hey no 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 flip this around don't think of it that way think of it as people coming here and you can lead them to Jesus. And they were like, "No, you just don't understand. We don't. We don't know what kind of people they are. That could be a, a danger." You got to be kidding
2: me! Wow. Yeah. Wow. So
3: this is you know like yeah. So that, that's the kind of that's the kind of mindset that just blew me away. But going back to what I was talking about, the, the masculinity of Christ. I try. I really started thinking about this because i'm getting attacked over that and like that's literally that's a great commission sure it is it's literally at the top of the list you know you get saved you're on the sanctification journey as a christian the great commission should be starting starting on your mind it's like okay this is a wonderful thing walking with jesus christ i'm going to bring more people into the flock this is beautiful we're on our way to heaven We're going to bring more people to heaven with us. Jesus is great. That's literally like, that's like the Christian walk. 101. For fighting me over it. Wow. I I am in a spiritual battle. and I was getting so drugged down, I was getting physically ill. I know, like there was no actual underlying illness. Break, and that's when somebody told me who, had dealt with, he was he actually went to God's Bible School. He had dealt with a lot of, you know, casting out demons and and demonic activity and everything. And he said, "Listen, I don't know what's going on, but you were or, or who's doing it. or if it's just the devil himself, but you are being spiritually affected. You know, this is this is demonic oppression right here." Because there's no underlying medical illness, you know you you were just just absolutely, you know you have lost you, you know, pretty much your will to live. I wasn't suicidal, but I just didn't want to exist. It was it was a, an existential crisis that I was in. Sure, you know, and I was overweight. I was miserable while I was there. I, there was, I, I signed up for classes one semester. I couldn't even walk to class. I physically couldn't do it. That's that's the state I was in.
2: It had you down that low. It,
3: you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 it was unreal. I had like something had to change and, and I, I eventually luck. you know, I had the opportunity to move back to Michigan, get out of there, you know and i still was in that state you know and and i'm back in michigan it's like well do i go to my home church or not what do i do you know do i still stay in And, and i just i was in that limbo period still fighting that i got this idea you know like i start you know i'm reading my bible trying to pray through all this trying to really just you know, I, I go to work, start working in the nuclear industry, and I'm still. I'm just. I'm, I'm trying to find my place in life. I stumble on this concept. It's like, hey man, Jesus, Jesus didn't come to earth as this transgender hippie figure that we always see. You know, but, that's the image of Christ. You always, you know, you see that.
2: It's always very feminine, isn't it? The, the image very that, that's feminine
3: yeah very feminine it looked you know like it's, it's not a carpenter the guy the get that guy does not look like a carpenter. i I started working with carpenters. you know I started getting my strength build back up. I started seeing these carpenter dudes and I'm like that that guy had to been jacked.
2: Oh yeah, I've thought about that before. if Christ were here today. A construction worker is not you
3: know (laughs) it's not the painting
2: that we see in all of our churches.
3: (laughs) No, 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 not one bit. So I started thinking, it's like, man, so I started diving into the language that Jesus used too. The language they used with the Pharisees. I was like, Man, that guy didn't mince words. You start looking at the cultural context behind the words that Jesus used, man. Talking about some offensive language.
2: Oh yeah, yes.
3: Calling them snakes. Now, now to us, oh call somebody a snake. woohoo hoo! And big deal. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was in that was profanity level language. You know, to put this in the con- context here, you know, that that was not. You know that was that was cussing them out. I think. Uh, you know that was not culturally appropriate language right. to
2: use. Just real quick, like the Apostle Paul, obviously a devout follower of Christ, he would go about things in a lot of the same way.
3: Oh yeah, and they were harsh. Yes, because they knew what they were dealing with. They were dealing with evil. When you're actually de- when you actually believe that you're facing evil, you behave differently. I learned. <laughs> I learned that are you dealing with evil you you can't be weak
2: right you're right
3: you know and i definitely i for sure learned this in my military training if i'm passive and weak and then i'm dead then the other soldiers around me are dead i can't behave that way
2: that is there's so no true. way that is so true the
3: army of christ christian soldiers you know we sang that growing up you're actually a Christian soldier. Start acting like it. So when that in, when that pastor starts molesting a child, you better start acting like a soldier. Stand up. Do something. Yeah. You better stop that and protect that child immediately. That's when I started thinking about the ma- the concept of the masculinity of Christ. We completely throw that away. We think that he's like some some super soft. Transgender hippie Jesus or whatever you know. (laughs) I I don't even know what I don't even know what they think he is. And and that was the concept that I had in my mind of Jesus Christ my entire life. Then I started reading when he cleansed the temple and flipped tables and picked up cords. Like, wait a minute, that was reality. Literally flipped tables. Literally made a, a whip. To try to beat the crap out of somebody because sin was happening the temple and he was not gonna put up with it. But there's so much sin happening. Churches in America right now. Horrific sins and nobody is picking up cords and flipping tables.
2: It's like it's like some people it's almost like they can't be bothered, or something. It, it's. I do get that it, it can be, it is intimidating, especially if you've been, if you're in the mindset of uh, your hardcore fundamentalism. It's very intimidating. But man, at some point, we got to stand up for what's right.
3: It's a it's a necessity because your own survival depends on it. It's not just protecting other people; it's your own spiritual survival that depends on it. Because when when, when you see evil happening and you don't do anything about it that's on you god's judging you for that as well not just the evildoer but it's on you you did not do anything to stop it Mm. speak up and say something that's on you tell you what these people continue to go on Allowing this evil to happen, allowing, you know, we're we're talking sins from as much as telling somebody they're going to hell for wearing short sleeves, all the way to the, the most devastating sins you could think of towards people and everything in between. One of those sins, it doesn't matter which one it is, it's affecting people spiritually and it's abusing them. And causing them to not even want to think about going to Christ. Especially if they're coming from the outside and looking in and saying, oh, that's what church is? Man, I don't want nothing to do with it. Just think about the the judgment that's going to be on the leaders. And then not just the leaders, but the congregation and the laymen, you know, or the lay people that that are watching and observing this and allowing it to continue to happen. Do anything about it. And God's saying, listen, you allowed this person to harm one of my children. You allowed this person to harm one of my children and push them away from me. Be terrified of me when I am begging them. And I, I, I want them to come to my arms. I want to save their soul and protect them from evil. You allowed evil to completely destroy their lives take mm. you away from me. No, oh, I don't even know who you are don't act like you know me that's going to say to him i know i know for a fact that it's going to be the message they're going to receive and i i mean I, i'm just i'm just shocked that people can't think through this like how much evil is being perpetuated because they're just allowing it to happen you can't we can't let this happen
2: it's a shame, Joel, and and as we're as we're starting to wind down here, I wanted to read the, actually this uh, passage out of Galatians where the Apostle Paul was mm-hmm. dealing with some, uh, really, I guess you could describe it as legalism, the, the type he was fighting in that day, and uh, yeah. if, you go to, if you go to Galatians chapter five, uh, you start about verse one. He said, and this is in ESV, "For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore." And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. And he's addressing these people where the circumcision, of, of course, was being uh, was being forced on some of the new Christians. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So he's he's building up here, and you get to you get to uh, read right about verse seven. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brother, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. And this here, verse 12, is the one that always sticks out to me. I wish that those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. And that always comes to my mind when I think about criticism that that some of us receive. Because you're you're being too harsh, you're speaking too harsh, like, these guys took a strong stance whenever it was time to, to stand up for what was right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that if, if we could do just even part of that today, have part of that backbone, man, we'd be a whole lot further up the road.
1: Yeah.
3: And it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a bold leap of faith when you, when you do it. I I think a lot of people are coming to the realization of it. I've I've talked to a lot of people in the movement that are realizing, hey, you know, we can't just let things go on like it is. We have to we have to speak up, but we can't just speak up. We have to have some actions associated with it. You know, we have to take steps to, you know, whether it's just the the, the minuscule thing that's happened. you know, some churches don't have the major problems like what I've talked about, right. but they still have the little problems. Still work on those because if that's keeping people away from Jesus, and it's not like, uh, you know, y- you can you can even, you know, y- you can work through those things. You know, it's like okay, well, those are personal convictions that you might have, which are a real thing. Yes, know? they are. Yes, they are. And, and, and you know, I've got my own, and. and I'm realizing the more I have children, I'm more conservative holiness than I thought I was. <laughs> you know, like as, yep. my, as my children are getting into the, you know, they're understanding technology and getting into the world, it's like, well, wait a minute here. Oh, you yeah. Know? You know, maybe TV isn't a good idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
3: like it's like, you-, uh, you know what? It's like, uh, especially in the world we're in. You gotta have this, you gotta have this ability to think rationally about things and pray prayerfully about things. Take everything to Christ. Look at scripture. You know, stop being just this this group of people that live in a man made culture that they call it Christianity, you know. Stop living, you know, stop living in this. Well, the preacher told me I could do this or should do this or can't do that world. And say, hey, what's the Bible say? Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Start looking at God's word. If your preacher is not acting like a road sign pointing you to the Bible, you got the wrong preacher.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes, very well said. Well, Joe, I've greatly enjoyed talking with you. Uh,
3: I have as well
2: yeah. I think this is uh, Already You're one of my favorite guests You're, you're very You get away with words man you do, a, you do a very fine Very fine job Talking about this stuff And uh, at some point If uh, you're up for it I'd love to have you back Well
3: absolutely Yeah I'd love to And I, I just I, I'm praying for everybody Who listens to this I really want you To grow and cry. It's been a struggle for me But I hope it doesn't have to be For any of you I, I really want people to find Christ and comfort in Christ, you know, not, that liberty, that freedom that you find in studying God's words and enjoying it. I really want them to find that. I pray for that.